This is the Job Stories Podcast, how people find work that matters. Thank you very much for coming on the Job Stories Podcast. So to get started, do you mind to um, just introduce yourself and then what is your job now? What are you up to at your work? What are you working on? Yeah, great. So my name is Christian Dominguez. Um, I just started with Paramount recently. Um, so Paramount's a huge company, and people don't realize like how big or the magnitude of the company is. But you know, we are in charge of CBS and Showtime, MTV, Nickelodeon, BET, um, Paramount Plus. There's so many different applications that they wound up acquiring. So it's really big. Um, my job title there, so I'm a director of information security. Um, but the way it works there is uh, my title is also principal cloud security engineer. Um, so the director level is kind of like my rank, but my focus would be cloud security engineering. Um, but as you start to really dive into it, right, these are such generic terms, my main focus is on automation. So looking at vulnerabilities, looking at different issues we have, and then saying, all right, is it, does this take two people to press a button? And if it does, how do I streamline that process? How do I automate it so that only one person presses the button once and we can put that vulnerability in the background and just keep moving forward? Yeah, nice. I love that. And I mean, this is it's funny because I do know you really well, but I want to get into kind of how you got there. I know it's a long story, so you can do it in a nutshell if you want. But so you just got this job at Paramount. By the way, we need to get Paramount to sponsor this podcast. You're our second Paramount. Ari Luxemburg's been on. Shout out to Ari Luxemburg. But um, so how did you get into where you are now? Where did it start? How'd you get here? Yeah. Okay, cool. How much time we have? Yeah. Um, so I started um, out of high school. I was uh, I joined the military, joined the Marine Corps. I was an infantry guy, front lines kind of stuff, and went through some really intense times that when I got out, I, my brain was still focused on giving back to the fight and, and coming up with ways that I can be more influential for policy other than being on the ground. And the route that I took was actually intelligence. I thought if I can get into military intelligence and transform the battlefield and give people an early warning on detection to other issues that I can make a larger impact. So my career started really in the intelligence field a long time ago, like 2008. And I, be, I joined the army after the Marine Corps. And um, I started processing data and understanding, getting a better picture of the operational environment. And what I realized is that Data's data. It doesn't matter if you're dealing with finding out who's selling biological weapons versus, you know, what kind of um, data your intrusion detection system's pulling in. Like at the end of the day, it's producing a huge Excel or a CSV, and you're you have to do something with it to to tell a story. Mm. So I started getting into data analytics for a lot of high end and uh, agencies within the DC area, and slowly I started making the migration to cloud security um, and even just information security. My biggest driving force really is I had two children really back to back. And my main focus was, you know, working for those Intel agencies. I was working in dark basements, right? No windows. Um, it looks cool, right? Like I used to work like <laughs> under the White House, right? Like, and people thought you're important, but at the end of the day, um, you know, you don't get tanned anymore. You start to eat unhealthy, and you're stuck in basements. So I started slowly making the 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 journey towards the cyber realm, and I studied for tests. Right, I, I just started going for the hardest ones. Right, the certified information security professional, CISSP, or Security Plus, or Certified Ethical Hacker, and I just basically put my face down in books for 
four or five years to just say, okay, what have I learned? Where are my gaps? And how do I give 100% of my effort to taking my goals and transforming it into my why? Like, what's my motivation? And let me just go and give 100% towards that. So that's how I went up there. So I, I left my last gig was with Boeing, supporting one of those Intel agencies. And I left that only six weeks ago for Paramount. Mm. Yeah, and, so uh, it's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for walking us through it, Dom. I, I, you used a word that I'm curious about with you. I think I know some of the answer, but I'm genuinely curious, having known you for a while. You used the word impact, and and after serving, kind of boots on the ground, you wanted to, you wanted to still impact um, our country through intelligence. Where did that come from for you? Did you learn that you wanted to do this? maybe by some mentors that you served with, or have you always felt like that you want it? You know what I'm getting at? Like, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would say before my military career, I wasn't, I was always a good person. I have really good parents and <laughs> they taught me right from wrong, but like I was kind of a knucklehead. Right. And I started getting really big mentors in the Marine Corps. Right. It's a weird transition, transition growing up at like 22 years old, you're starting to venture off and you're not taking your parents and saying, this is my issued mentor, right? You're now getting to pick that mentor. And you look around, you go, who was the most influential person for me? And I had a really good guy that was in French influential for me. His name was Demetrius Gabriel, who was killed in the battlefield. So after he was killed, my motivation and how I was dedicated to my cause was just that I never felt like I had enough value to give back than his life. Mm. So I said, okay, this guy gave his life for me. He was just the perfect human being. I said, how do I give back to people? So my goal and my goal today, like even you, like I know you offline, I text people. I'm so interested in their journey because when you think about influence and you think about impact, if you closed your eyes right now, you thought about two people that impacted your life, there is no bigger honor than for some stranger to think of you. Oh man, could you imagine that there's people in the world right now that would say that if I had the, if you know, who were the two biggest impacts in life and they named you, man, that is my driving force. And I, I, I strive to be that for people. Mm, okay. <laughs> That's too good. That's wonderful. Um, so I'm thinking about this in terms of, obviously, you know, we do recruiting, um, I'm thinking of it in terms of how you lead your teams and who you're looking for with the teams throughout your career you've managed. Are you are you are you trying to kind of find folks that you can then mentor? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, are you looking for hey, that's somebody that I'd like to? I, they can they're wanting to leave an impact. I want them on my team so then I yeah, can point yeah. them. And then like generational, right? Is that something you mm-hmm. kind of strive to do as yeah, well? Yeah, it's a great question. So I'll go back for a second. In 2015. Um, I became something called a warrant officer in the army, which should be an expert in leadership, but it's focused on your specific field, right? So my field was intelligence. And I went to this school and it was like 90 people in my class and they should all be strong leaders going into there. And at the conclusion of the class, they voted me as the best leader. It's my honestly one of my biggest honors I've ever gotten because, man, mm. this is a group of the the strongest leaders in their bunch who have elected me to be the best leader, but you write intense papers on each other. And my biggest knock on my leadership style is that um, if I saw someone who didn't have the will, I, I didn't waste a second on them. And 
in the last seven years, I've had to kind of fix that a little bit and deal a little bit more with empathy and kind of understand where where people's issues are coming from. Because really, great leaders are the most empathetic, and it it's tough. It's tough because it's it, how do you remove your bias and say, "Man, this is how I how hard I had it. How could you feel this way when I dealt with this? Ugh, it doesn't work." Right. So how do you understand? Right. You don't get to choose people's problems. You don't, you don't get to value or weigh their problems, right? They're, that's how they understand it. So I took that away. Now, going back to your question, picking my team, if I had the, the, you know, the, the world is in a, a pot and I get to pick them, I actually don't care about skill. It's irrelevant to me. I could teach you anything mm. um, besides like natural genetics, right? Like if there's a bodybuilding competition, it won't work. But <laughs> other things um, I care about will, man, I care about your desire to learn and how hungry you are. Um, I, I love a good Rudy Rudiger story, mm. right? Like, yeah. because it's, it's easier to discern or, or, or make a difference between those that came from that struggle that are so hungry and that are never satisfied, right? I, I can't be satisfied. I have such a great role within Paramount, but I look at it like, how can I be the chief information officer? What does it take there? Do I have to get a PhD? Or how do I get there? Um, mm. So I'm dealing with that. I, I work through it. But as far as my team goes, I definitely, the way that I kind of orchestrated team is I double down on strengths, right? If we have a time limit, what are you great at? Let's double down your strengths. I identify weaknesses and you try to find the time to build that weakness up. Everyone has weaknesses. It's not, it's not a bad thing. Um, but how do you do that? Um, so I, of course I want to mentor and lead everybody. I know that my knee jerk reaction is that when I reach out, if they aren't, I don't need you to be receptive towards it, but if you, if I don't see the will, my knee jerk kind of twitches, but <laughs> I'm working through that to, to get, to get better. But no, that's great. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm curious too, cause we've had some folks like yourself, um, kind of in chief roles talk about too, when they're interviewing, they like to ask a question. And one of them is, can you clearly articulate a failure and how you learn from it? And I was mm -hmm. thinking about that question for you today because of your your career path, I mean, you just experienced so much. Um, there's so many ups and downs in life, but your downs having been in like just fighting a war is pretty incredible. And things you've you learned through that and how that's made you into today. I would imagine is that something you try to pick on to? It's like, hey, please explain to me kind of how you got through some tough times. Um, because those are I, the most valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the most valuable. Um, I don't, again, I don't care about the little questions like, Hey, write this Python code and see if you can do this. I could send you a YouTube video, how to do it. Um, <laughs> I actually care more when I ask questions, I care more about you breaking it down. I call it Barney style. I want you to, to describe it to me in like, you're like, you're describing to a five-year-old one, cause I probably don't understand, but two, <laughs> if I did understand, if you're able to do that, I know that you know everything about what you're talking about. Like I could, I can describe cybersecurity to you just talking about your home, right? Mm -hmm. And having a defense in depth and locking your door and how much money do you spend on your lock? It's based on the assets in your house and how much value that is. You wouldn't put a million dollar lock on my door because I don't have a million dollars worth of things here. You can transfer risk. You can mitigate risk. So if you're able to break things down in the simplest form, those are the kind of questions that I look for. Um, but definitely, right, it's all about all we care about is failing forward. I'm not impressed by someone who tells me they never failed. That, yeah. that just tells me you didn't learn enough. You didn't try hard enough. You didn't push hard enough. I care about what you do. 
how did that conversation go? How did you, how did you, um, take extreme ownership, right? That's the value of being a great leader. You say, this is what happened, man. And this is why I messed up. And this is why it won't happen again. Cause if you don't do that, you're kind of stuck with all these, I can't curse here, but there's all <laughs> kinds of people here that, um, without ownership, without, uh, empathy, it's really tough to be a great leader. So, and I, I judge it, but it is what it is. That's excellent. So I got to do a shout out. That That's great stuff. We'll get, this is going to be, we're going to veer off into, we got to do a shout out for our fantasy league. So me and Don play fantasy football. So I was thinking about it while you were talking, but I have to do that every time Enrique beats me, Don. I have to think about oh. what went wrong. How do I get back up? Because this cannot happen again. You know what I mean? How do I do it? How do I dig up a picture from 15 years ago that will bring him down to lift my own spirits? That's good. That's good. Okay. Um, so now I'm I'm asking for somebody, and I actually have somebody from my hometown that I'm really kind of asking for him. He um, is working on his master's on some security course, but wants to get into securities. What's advice for somebody that wants to kind of get into IT security or cybersecurity? Like what, yeah, what's... So the- what, like yeah. start now. One of the hardest things is so hard to define, right? Security ba- is kind of patched on. If things were secure from the beginning, like things would be so much easier, but it's not that way. Computers weren't created to be a secure world. It was just at first created to just network a couple things. And then next thing you know, people are working from home and all the vulnerabilities that come with that. So it's so tough to define what people are trying to get into. What I would suggest first is let's just reverse engineer what you want. So do you want to be a chief information security officer for a Fortune 100 company? Cool. Go to LinkedIn, find every single Fortune 100 CISO out there, look at their qualifications, and reverse engineer your entire career. Now, that's the highest milestone. Let's get lower and say, you know, you might be a, it might say junior software developer, junior DevOps engineer, whatever it is, reverse engineer it. And then come up with your goals, man. To me, the number one thing, even when I hear that, is your why. Like, why do you do this, right? For mm. me, it's my kids, the the burden of so much death on my shoulders. Like, it's not possible to stop me. And when people, I, the problem I have is I will judge you when you tell me you can't do something. Because here's the deal. If I told you, Mason McSandron, right now, if I said, dude, can you pass advanced statistics in six months? You might be like, dude, I don't know. And then if I said, dude, I will give you $10 billion to pass advanced statistics in six months, you say, yeah, I could do it. So it's not the value of you doing it. It's just that you don't want to provide that much weight or that much attention to it. And that's Mm. fine. Just be serious with yourself. If you want to be a millionaire, you got to put the millionaire hours in. If you want to be a $100,000 heir, you could do that too. So for me, it's define your why, reverse engineer your career, and then go just start knocking out those certs. They aren't the end all be all, but what it does is it kind of gives you a little bit of a platform when you're going into these um, these interviews where they say, okay, he has Security Plus. I don't need to ask him about port protocol. Okay, he has Network Plus. He knows at least what the OSI model is. He has CISSP. Now, I don't need to talk about the managerial aspect of InfoSec. I might want to talk more about his technical ability. And it's just about... Um, kind of building up your career, but just reverse engineer it. You have every asset in the world available. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that 30 years ago, you couldn't do this at all? Right now, I'm telling you something. You're like, oh yeah, just reverse engineer. That's what I do. I say, what does this guy have? This is what I want to do. What does she have? I'm going to do that too. Yeah. Build it up. That's so good. That's phenomenal, phenomenal advice. Yeah. That's what I was, that was going to be my next question. You touched on it. So in your world, um, and in the intelligence community in general, seems like certification and, and then intelligence is clearances too. So that might be the next step. 
um, but a lot of folks are working remotely. Like, like if I guess if I want to be in an intelligence community, I need to move to DC though and be close to it or, you know what yeah, I mean? The problem is with clearances, you're making your money, especially as a recruiter, right? So you're looking always in certain areas and you say, why is this like this? It's because for them to build those contracts at that rate with their clearance, they have to work in a SCIF, right? And secured facility. The, the, the majority of the clearance facilities are going to be in Maryland, in DC, then like Arizona, some in Florida. But, you know, when you start to venture out there, it's a lot, a lot more competition, right? Like, you know, um, for um, uh, the, the, there's one in Tampa, outside Tampa. I can't, uh, can't remember the name, but they'll have a skiff there, right? And now everybody wants to live in Tampa and make that at the time, right? So things, salaries have equaled out right? when people started moving remote. But at the time, working there in Florida, um, you had a great position. You made 130 grand a year working in Tampa and mm-hmm. you were above the population. Well, that's not the case anymore in Tampa, but those kind of outliers exist. Same thing with Arizona, same thing in places in Colorado. Um, so you're going to have the most of your skiffs down here. Like in New York, there's one up in upstate New York. You like now you're competing with other people and you're really scared when those contracts end because now what? Now I'm fighting for this thing in DC, your contract ends. I can get picked up in a millisecond, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Everything really has changed so much with the, the remotes made it so much different for the entry point. Right. Um, Back back to you real quickly as we're kind of coming up on our time. But so I know you just got the job at Paramount. So you can also say I'm super happy with everything right now. But what is what is Dom looking forward to in the future? What's what this could be career, personal, anything, just an insight at your soul real quick. Oh, man. Um, I don't think I believed in job satisfaction before I came to Paramount. I don't think if I I, I worked to provide for my family. This is a different company. I've never seen anything like this before. And they act, when I say they actually care, they actually do. They're like, dude, t- you know, I have different chat rooms for mental health. Dude, here's a free yoga class. Go do this. Unlimited PTO. Like, do you want to pay to adopt a kid? They'll pay you to adopt a kid. There's just so many wow. benefits that they actually care. Um, my boss's motto and how they really treat you is, dude, your family is absolutely first. And I feel it. So I just love my path. I have a path to succeed. Um, and I'm just giving a hundred percent to it. For me, it's just about learning different solutions. Like they have subscribed to hundreds of different solutions that are integrated into our information security policies. And like, you know, not having a background, there's a billion, there's, you know, not knowing what any one of them is for endpoint detection. I have to go in and learn that real quick and then meet with a vendor and talk to them about what are their strengths versus a different one. So the learning is never ending. And I would say that about information security, right? Like your buddy's trying to get into it. Yeah. Get the get the baseline knocked out, right? Just understand security network plus. I don't even care if you take the cert. You need to have a cert. My number one thing is this get the CISSP. That thing changed my life. It's an it's the worst test in the world. But <laughs> after you get it, it just connects together all domains of information security. Everything's baked in there, whether it's you know developing software to encrypting data, to transmitting data, to understanding why you need to do it, to corporate governance. So even if you didn't take it, just studying for that test hard, you would able to you'd be able to put it all together because the story is tough to tell. But I'm telling you, once I added that thing, my messages on LinkedIn didn't stop of people <laughs> trying to trying to get me. It was great. Yeah. No, thank you. That's good stuff. I, that's that's awesome advice for anybody looking to get into it. 
Um, but what I think I'm hearing you say is your goals for the future is we got to we got to get a fantasy football championship under your belt. Ah, uh, you know it's so tough because I talk so much trash. I'm a New Yorker <laughs> by trade, and we're loud. We pretend we're the best. Like I never played you in badminton. I could just tell you I'm better than anyone you ever knew. You're just very competitive. You got to get out there. Yeah. And I've been playing fantasy football with you probably since 2015. Yeah. I'm seven years in. I've never won. <laughs> Me neither. I've expanded into six leagues to try to yeah. increase my odds, and just always oh, someone's up there looking down saying, "You're not going to win here." God. We may not be very good now that I think about it, Dom. Now that I'm really, good. No, no. I think we're not good anyway. Yeah, all right, they dude. don't hire us. Yeah, they didn't hire us for our skills or our hair. Yeah, you know? we're not we're just getting, there for that's that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we uh, we need an extra comb on this podcast, right? Jeez Louise. <laughs> um, well, thank you. This has been phenomenal, phenomenal. Appreciate your time. If you don't mind, if there's anybody that you are okay with reaching out, how can they get in touch with you if they hear this podcast? Yeah, just look me up on on LinkedIn. Um, I'm Christian Dominguez. I'm a Paramount um, Principal Cloud Security Engineer. And literally, you should see, I, I talk to the most random people on LinkedIn, just trying to help them get their career boosted, steer them in the right direction, right? Like there's 360 degrees, right? Like, let me just get you in a 90 degree azimuth to see like, let me start moving forward. Let me start failing forward into this direction because there's so much to learn and it gets overwhelming on the internet. People are trying to take your money with whatever kind of course there is. Mm-hmm. I have a whole write-up on how to pass the CSSP. I'll send that to you or send to anyone they want and just go and knock it out and just define your why and kick butt. Dude, appreciate it. We'll put that link to LinkedIn in the in the description there. But dude, the, the phrase that I know you hate compliments, I don't care. The phrase I have for you is your, your life giving. I appreciate your time. This has been awesome. Thanks for coming on, man. Awesome, man. Appreciate you, Dom. Yeah. Have a good day.